0: All right, my name's Ryan Delk. Um, first of all, I just wanna say that I'm completely honored to be standing up here, but even, even more than being able to stand up here, I'm honored to be able to be a small group leader um, and just be a part of the church and be a part of what God is doing in this church through you guys. It's, it's really miraculous to see that, and it's just an honor and pleasure. I'm gonna continue on in the series of what if Jesus was like us? And Todd looked at uh, how we would probably choose out disciples, right? He, he looked at how we would pick out the very best, right? We would pick the rich, the famous, the strong, uh, the connected, if we were picking disciples. And Jesus picked out very different people than what we would probably choose, right? Then uh, last week, he looked at Jesus being tempted. And I don't know about you, but I don't fare so well sometimes, when I face temptation. I I may not have done the things that Jesus did when he faced those three things that Todd spoke about. Pleasure, pride, and power. Those are tough things, right? And Jesus did not respond the way we probably would. And tonight, I'm gonna be looking at Jesus on the cross. And just take a second and put yourself in that moment. You've been beaten. You've been humiliated. You've been uh, yelled at and mocked. We're going to look at that here in just a second. And then you're literally hanging on a cross, struggling to breathe until you ultimately suffocate and die. So let's look at Mark uh, chapter 15, verses 30 through 32. Now, These are some people who don't have very kind words to say to Jesus as he's on that cross, literally dying. Come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself? Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, Come down now from the cross that we can see and believe. Even those crucified with him heaped on insults. Now, they weren't being genuine when they they weren't saying, Hey, come down from the cross so that we could follow you and believe. They were being sarcastic and malicious. Now, think about that. What if Jesus was like us in that situation? Have you ever been in a a situation, obviously not exactly like this, but a situation where you had the power to change the whole dynamic, but you didn't? That's exactly what Jesus, Jesus had the power. He could have came off the cross, but he chose to stay there and be mocked. Would we do that? I don't know about you, but I would not have done that. Have you ever been falsely accused of something? Have you ever been accused of doing something and you had nothing to do with it? How, how did you handle it? Or how would you handle it? Maybe some of you are going through that right now. Falsely accused and you had nothing to do with it. How does it make you feel? Some words come to my mind, scared, embarrassed, hurt, sad, angry. What about vengeful, full of revenge? I remember one time I was put in a situation, obviously nowhere near uh, the one we're talking about with Jesus, but I was walking into a music CD store. For those of y'all don't know what that is, it's a, a little round disc you put in your car, and music comes out of it. And uh, they used to have these stores where you go in there and buy music. And I was walking through there with a friend of mine, uh, shopping for some music. We were in there for 30, 40 minutes, just looking at all the different music. And we had probably four or five CDs, we went up to the counter. I pulled out my money to pay for it. And the store clerk looked at me and he said, "Are you going to pay for the rest of the stuff you got?" And I looked at him. I didn't know what he was talking about. And he said, "Yeah, all the stuff in your pockets. You going to pay for that?" And I didn't have anything in my pockets. I didn't steal anything, but he thought I was a thief. He thought I had stolen a bunch of stuff from the store. He was so sure of it. Did he actually called the police. The police come down to the store, and they search me and my friend. They didn't find anything because we didn't steal anything. I was wrongfully accused. And I'll tell you, I felt embarrassed, even though I hadn't done anything. I felt embarrassed. I was sad. I was hurt and vengeful. I was mad. I was angry about that. I was angry because I had been accused of something I didn't do. I was treated like someone who had done something wrong. Now imagine you face a far worse situation than that. Imagine you're being accused of something that carries a far worse crime than petty theft. Imagine you're being accused of something that holds the death penalty. And you've been found guilty of that. How would you feel? What would you do? Now, I'll tell you what I would do. If I had the power to do something about it and I'm wrongfully accused and I'm hanging on that cross, I'm coming off the cross. I'm turning people to dust, to be honest. As a matter of fact, I would have never made it to that point to be on the cross. The people who, who were going to be traitors and turn their backs on me, they're They're gone. I'm doing away with them. The religious elite who would ultimately bring me to the cross, gone. I'm turning them into dust. As a matter of fact, all of Rome, who was occupying Israel, gone. I'm eliminating them off the map. If I have the power to change the situation, you better believe I'm changing that situation. If Jesus were like me, he never would have suffered a single second. He would have never been betrayed. He would have never been arrested. He would have never been beaten. He definitely would have never ended up on a cross and died. If Jesus were like me, he would have never hung on that cross. As a matter of fact, if Jesus were like me, there wouldn't have been a sacrifice. If Jesus were like me, there wouldn't have been a payment for sin. If Jesus were like me, we would still be guilty as charged. If Jesus were like me, I and you would have to stand before God guilty as charged. If Jesus were like me, we would have never been forgiven. So let's think about that for a second. Why didn't Jesus come off the cross? We're going to think about that as I walk back here to get my water because my mouth is too dry. Y'all keep thinking about it. No way I could have done that whole thing with that mouth drying up the way it was. All right, did y'all think about it? Okay, let's get back to it. So, did Jesus have the power to come off of that cross? Absolutely he did. Did he have the power to eliminate every enemy that was there? Absolutely. He wouldn't even have to lift a finger. They'd be gone. So why, if he had the ability to save himself, why would he choose not to? Why would he stay on that cross, beaten, humiliated, just covered in all the insults these people were throwing at him? Why would he stay there? Well, for you. For me. He stayed there for us. Jesus stayed on the cross to pay a very high price, a very high price to cover a debt that he didn't actually owe. He was paying a price for us. See, not only did he die because we owed a a death sentence— but he took the wrath of God in our place. Think about that. He took the wrath of God in our place. When's the last time that you chose to do something hard that you could get out of? Now, I'm not talking about training to go for a run, uh, for a race that you have at school, uh, a band practice where where you practice really hard, but there's a payoff at the end studying for a test, yeah, there's a payoff at the end. You're you're probably going to get a better grade on the test. I'm talking about when's the last time you had the ability, ability to avoid something very hard and very difficult. As a matter of fact, taking the punishment for someone else, and let's push it even further, taking the punishment for someone else when they don't even deserve it. That's hard for us to imagine, right? Aren't you glad that Jesus is not like us? You see, Jesus is God, and he decided to become flesh. He was born a man, although he was completely God and is completely God. He lived a complete human life. He faced temptation. Todd walked us through that. He got hungry. He got thirsty, just like me. He felt the hardships of the time. He felt pain. So when he was beaten and hung on the cross, he felt every single second of it. But he never sinned. He never gave in to that temptation. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He knew that people were going to turn their backs on him. Everyone who turned their back on Jesus, he knew it beforehand. He knew he'd be betrayed. He knew he'd be beaten. He knew he'd, he'd hang on a cross. Thank God Jesus is not like us. He knew all of these things, yet he still chose to step into the scene. He was willing to do what no one else could do pay that high price for our sin where he died on a cross for you and me. So why didn't he come off the cross? He had to pay the price that we could not afford to pay. Why didn't Jesus come off the cross? Because he loves you and he loves me and he loves us. Why didn't Jesus come off the cross? So that we could be completely forgiven of sin. Why didn't Jesus come off the cross? Because he had to defeat death and overcome it and raise from the dead three days later. That's why he didn't come off the cross. Why didn't Jesus come off the cross? So he could stand in our place and his righteousness could be transferred over to us. Now, because of what Jesus did and because Jesus was willing to stay on that cross, we can stand before God Almighty, not just as not guilty, but as righteous, not because of anything we did, but because Jesus Christ completely, Covers us. We've been set free. We've been set free from sin, shame, brokenness, guilt, unforgiveness, pride, envy, hate, and ultimately, we've been set free from hell. The feelings of shame and brokenness, I don't know who in here is feeling shameful and broken tonight and and maybe unforgiven. All those things have been overcome. Who in here feels vengeful sometimes and feels like revenge is is just overpowering them when they're done wrong? Who feels that way? When we get done wrong by somebody, that's our instinct, right? If you do me wrong, I'm going to get you back. Those feelings can completely overtake us. I want you all to think of a time right now. Think of a time. You might be going through it right this second. Think of a time that you felt like you needed to seek revenge on someone. Are you thinking about that time? How does it make you feel inside? You see, revenge is absolutely never satisfied. It always leaves you wanting more. So what do we do with this? Well, one thing we can do is we can look at Jesus. How did he respond in a time that we would be filled with anger and vengeance? How did he respond? Well, let's look. Do you remember what Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross? Remember, beaten down, humiliated, hung up on a cross. Do you remember what he said? (laughs) He didn't do what you and I would do. He didn't do at least what I would do. He prays. It says right there in Luke 23, uh, chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. What if we could be more like Jesus? What if if when we had those feelings, instead of letting them build up in us and, and ready to pour them out on somebody, what if we said, Jesus endured the cross for me? And then when people are, are making a mockery of him, he asks for forgiveness as he's laying there dying? Jesus stayed on that cross to give us the opportunity to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to live every second of my life, so I could hear those words from God the Father, not because I, I can be so good to ever earn that, but because I'm covered in what Jesus already did for me. You know, I, w- I was thinking about those first verses that we looked at in uh, Mark 15, um, and, and and where they were, they were mocking him and making fun of him and they were saying all these things, being sarcastic. But you know what? They they got one thing right in all of that. They got three words right. He saved others. He saved you, and he saved me. He saved us. And all we have to do is put our faith and trust in him and what he has already done. It it doesn't say in scripture, hey, if you work really hard and if you do really good, I'll forgive you. I'll tell you, Jesus took me, the day I got saved, the night before, I was drunk, sleeping with my girlfriend, and then came to church on Sunday morning and Jesus saved me right there. He didn't say, hold on, Ryan, you need to at least give a couple weeks of You know, earn earn your keep. He saved me right there. But he's so good that he refused to leave me in that situation. He pulled me out of that. He said, you know what, Ryan, drinking is not for you. That's not part of my plans. He removed the desire from me. He said, you know what? Get my word. Start understanding who I am. I'm going to show you some things. He said, look what I say about sleeping with your girlfriend before you're married. That's not part of my plans for you. He took that away from us. We surrendered that to him. So we stopped doing that. All because he was willing to stay on that cross. Now, I don't know if there's somebody in this room or some people in this room who maybe have never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ can save you tonight no matter what your situation, no matter where you're at, no matter what you did, no matter what you've done. Jesus Christ can save you right now. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray right now. You don't have to pray any of the words that I'm praying. Just pray out and cry out to God that you are desperate for him, and I promise you, he will give you the words to pray. There's no special prayer. He knows your heart. When you put your faith and trust in him, you will be saved, period. God, I'm praying right now for anyone in this room, anyone who, who hears these words, God, I'm praying that you would convict their hearts, God, right now, Lord. I'm praying that they would Put their faith and their trust in you and you alone for what you've done on the cross, God. You died. You died for them, God. You stayed on the cross so that their debt could be paid in full. I'm praying that they would put all of their faith and all of their trust in who you are, God. I'm praying that they will repent of their sin and turn towards you, God, because you are the only one who can save them, God, God. I'm praying that right now someone is praying this prayer tonight, God, and life change is coming. I'm praying for a revival, Lord. I'm praying for the people in this room right now, God, that that maybe put their faith and trust in you years ago, and they strayed away, Lord. They forgot about the sacrifice you made on the cross for them. I'm praying right now you are reminding them and that they are seeking after you, God, because you died on the cross for them. I'm praying for revival tonight, God. God, I'm praying for remembrance for what you've done, that you did not come off the cross, God. We are thanking you in Jesus's holy name, God. Thank you, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. If anyone in here prayed anything like that, if you prayed for salvation or if you prayed that, that you just want to get right with God again, you've, you've put your faith and trust in him years ago and you straight away get with your small group leader. Tell him what you've done. We don't want to leave you by yourself. That's not what God called us to do. He called us to come together and disciple each other. We don't want to leave you by yourself. We want to come alongside you. You have small group leaders in this room right now who love you and care about you and want to see you follow after Jesus Christ. He is God. Thank God that Jesus is not like us. Thank you, God, for the cross.